Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MTF. That song reminds me of the pandemic year. I guess there was more than one. But the the the, the most the year that was the, like the most affected, like 2020. I listen to that song so much. It's because it made me happy. A little young and sick here for you. Uh, on your radio now. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. You can also uh, visit their small business page. They are introducing this awesome new product called SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses with an out-of-the-box dedicated network, top-tier security, and network failover. You'll stay seamlessly connected. Just 20 bucks a month, no contracts, Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com backslash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. The Nuanas Now podcast also presented by the M Store where they're all grills all the time and the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Great place to pick up your Grizz gear or your Bobcat gear. The M Store for your Grizz, the the MSU Bookstore for your Bobcat gear. It's that week. So go check out both those places. Also visit them uh, online, montanamstore.com or msubookstore.org. Orc. Our rivalry game discussions continue. And our guy, Andrew Houghton, the man behind the glass, a uh, contributing writer and analyst at SkyOnSportsMT.com, as well as our producer here uh, at Nuanas Now. Uh, Andrew had a nice story about Clifton McDowell and uh, the Battle of the Brawl, or whatever you call it. As <laughs> Clifton McDowell, uh, some would say endearingly, and some would say uh, erroneously and uh, blasphemously said uh, following the Portland State game. Uh, that's not what the feature is about, though. The feature is about the greatest quarterback and the role he's got Montana on and him preparing for and enduring his first rivalry matchup with Montana State. So go check it out, SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, I got to give you credit, man. You said week one. The Grizz, for them to turn the corner and have a chance to do anything this year, they got to just go with Clifton McDowell. Then they didn't for several weeks, and then some would say they hit rock bottom against Northern Arizona, and uh, then it's been mostly McDowell's show since then. So uh, good job by you. You called it. Well, I, you know, I can't take too much credit for that. I thought it was obvious even in the non-conference games where they were yeah. beating teams who, who really didn't belong on the same field as them. They were beating teams like that up. It was obvious that the offense just moved a lot smoother and a lot more effectively with Clifton McDowell at quarterback. And it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't take a genius to look at the stats yeah. from from comparing Vidlack and McDowell and say one guy's just a lot more effective. But I think, and I wrote this in that story, the effects have been even beyond what I would have predicted early in the season. The way that they, having Clifton McDowell be the guy has allowed them to coalesce around an identity. Not something that I uh, would have predicted to this degree. I think it's a hard thing for people to understand because 
people, followers of football gravitate towards statistics so often. And I do think that there's, first of all, there's so many statistics in football that you can observe. Unlike baseball, all statistics are not created equal. There's a whole bunch of statistics that are fun to sort of gauge. You can look at statistics and you can tell a style that a team plays, at least vaguely, but a lot of them are irrelevant. Especially, there's some stats that are skewed based on the styles that teams play one way or the other. Clinton McDowell is not lighting up the world in terms of like passing yards and passing touchdowns. But I do think that his... His confidence, his toughness, and how unflappable he is, is a jolt of confidence to the rest of the Grizz. I think that when you lean on your defense like Montana always will under Bobby Houck, sometimes that can breed resentment if the offense isn't operating well. And I think we saw that the last couple of years because they got average at best quarterback play out of Cam Humphrey and Chris Brown and Lucas Johnson. Lucas Johnson was pretty good at times. But that's I guess that's the thing I think it's hard for people to grasp. Clifton McDowell is not the f- primary reason the Grizz are winning games, but his existence is a primary factor into why their style is working to win games. Well, that's right, and he gives them a chance to not lose games, right? I mean, the most impressive thing... I think, for Clifton McDowell is the one interception in the six games he's been the starter. Yeah. Right? He he gives you a chance. He gives you a chance to put drives together. He's not going to hurt you. Uh, but I, I think you're you're right about sort of the mental aspect of it. I mean, and, and that's why, you know, I sort of highlighted that, that quote that he gave to Kyle Hansen after the Portland State game in yeah. that story, which on one hand, it's just a funny moment. Yeah. Right? And it was. On the other hand, if he's not taking this too seriously, he's not taking anything too seriously on the field. And well, Is that good or bad? I think it's good. I agree. I think that there are going to be some people who are going to complain about him saying Battle of the Brawl specifically yeah. and about his attitude, like Kyle Hansen just said in the first hour, laid back, cooler than cool, Texan Southern drawl, man, doesn't care. There are going to be some people who complain about that attitude in general. To me, it's a very good thing to me specifically this week and with everything that's going on around this game. You know, if you were if you were, if this game was in Bozeman, yeah. maybe maybe that'd be different because you sure. say, well, he he doesn't really understand what this is going to be about. Yeah, he's not going to be ready for what's going to be waiting for him when he comes out on that field in Missoula. I think it's a plus. He's not going to get into his head, and we saw that from the way that he bounced back from that one interception against Sac State. Didn't phase him at all. So I, I think it's a good thing. I, at least you could say Andrew Houghton joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. I, I do think you can you can make the assumption that the exterior factors, like the hype of the rivalry, the environment that he's going to play in, all that, I think you can safely make the assumption that that's not going to necessarily be an impactful factor to Clifton McDowell unraveling in this game. Now, the action on the field, right. in which he's having to go against the best defensive front in the conference in Montana State, led by you know the Melstone Cowboy Brody Greeby and Seabass himself, you know Big 95 Sebastian Valdez. I mean, I think those two guys are two of the three best defensive linemen in the conference. The other one happens to be 
the big boy in the middle at Montana, Alex Gubner. That, those are the things that Clifton McDowell is going to have to Absolutely overcome. Right. You know? Absolutely right. No, and that's sort of the, the crux and the thrust of that story that we published just today on Skyline Sports. It's a really great matchup between Clifton McDowell yeah. and this resurgent Montana offense that looks to be getting better every week as Clifton McDowell grows more comfortable, that looks to be expanding what it's capable of every week. Yep. And then a Montana State defensive line that has just been at that level for the entire season. And as you mentioned, two guys who are definitely going to be all-conference and, and Ben Seymour and Kenneth Iden, et cetera, et cetera, no slouches themselves. And aside from the one game against Portland State early in the conference season where Dante Shashere put up 80-plus running yards on them. Yeah. They've shut down all the other running quarterbacks in the conference. And if you do that against Montana, suddenly Montana's offense that looks like it's getting better and better every week becomes a lot more one-dimensional and I think a lot less effective. Where are we at with the, the Grizz offensive line versus that defensive front? Because twofold, one... Kyle Hanson mentioned that Liam Brown went down with an injury against Portland State. They have developed some depth at guard. Cannon Pamphiloff have has played both guard and tackle as they've sort of rotated in. Declan McCabe is also one of the other next guys up, and uh, he's been solid. He's been fine. He came in that Portland State game, and he was fine. There's this narr- The narrative coming into the year was the Grizz offensive line was much improved and elite. Then they didn't look that way for the first five games of the year, and they got destroyed against Northern Arizona and gave up a whole bunch of sacks. Part of that, though, is because the offense wasn't in any sort of flow, and Sam Vidlak was not getting through anything, and it was just a whole bad combination all the way around. Then against UC Davis, they're okay, and the narrative since then is that they've been very good. I think that they have been better, but I also think that they've been playing inferior competition. That's true. To be able to evaluate them as truly gotten way better, here you go. You got the best defensive front in the conference. So what do we think of that uh, element? Well, to be honest, Coulter, for all the reasons you just sort of explained, I'm not feeling entirely confident about the Montana offensive line this weekend. That MSU defensive line is, is a terror, right? But I think that, and this is one of the things that I was saying two or three games into the season when I was saying they need to just put Clifton McDowell at quarterback. Doing that... As much as it was a recognition of there was something, uh, you know, Sam Vidlak wasn't quite performing at the level you needed him to, it was also a recognition of the offensive line wasn't quite at the level that they were expected and hyped to be coming into the season. They were not a dominant offensive line. They were not even uh, a, a very good offensive line at some points. So the biggest thing that you did with bringing Clifton McDowell in is just simplify it for them and allow them to get an identity as well. That's right. They widen the splits. And that might sound so simple and not impactful to a layman's fan, but it is a big change. I think that has spread out opposing defensive fronts. And I think that's allowed for better... Uh, Zone blocking on the Montana side, better ability to see what's out in front of them for the Montana ball carriers, and also it accentuates the advantage that Montana has with Clifton McDowell. That's the other part I'm wondering about this matchup is Brent Vegan explained it very intricately about how they've gone against Dante Sachere and Kakoa Vesperis and Angel Flores and Daniel Brent and all these different guys, you know, Caden Bennett, all these guys over their last four or five weeks. Pretty much every quarterback that the, the Bobcats have played, Javon McCoy's in that mix as well. They've all been guys that are at least mobile, if not true, like running dual threat quarterbacks. McDowell's different from all of those He's guys. He's different than every other guy in the league, including Sean Chambers and Tommy Mallott, too. 
Because McDowell's a, a power quarterback. Yes. You're not trying to get hit. Like, they're trying to get Tommy Mallott on the edge so he can use his speed. They're trying to get Sean Chambers to get a one-on-one in the box so he can, boom, break it and then use his speed when he gets to the second level. McDowell, it's just like they're snapping the ball to their Mike Allstott. Like, they just want to run him right off the guard. They're trying the to tackle. get him four yards, and then he carries a guy, and you end up getting <laughs> seven yards out of the play, and suddenly it's second and three, That's and you right. can do anything you want. That's right. I think it's been hard for Grizz people to wrap their minds around observing it because McDowell's not fast. He's decently athletic, but he's not fast nor quick. He is gigantic, though. He's, I mean, I was actually surprised in your story when you you did his real list of weight, 6'4", 228. I thought he was more like 240 because, I mean, he is a big dude. But either way, he's the battering ram, right? Nick Osmo is actually the secondary short yardage back for this Grizz team. Eli Gilman's the feature back. Clifton McDowell is actually the primary short yardage back for this Grizz football team. Yeah, and the the number one change that I think we've seen from the Grizz offense is their third down percentage has jumped enormously with having Clifton McDowell. And in the last six games, they're at just a hair under 49%, which is just a hair below Montana State for the best rate in the conference. The first, uh, the first four games of the season, four or five games of the season, they're below 40%. Now they're getting into manageable third downs, and it's sort of like what you see with the Philadelphia Eagles, right? They have confidence that they can pick up third and fourth and short yes. with McDowell. But the other thing, going back to the offensive line, right, he just makes everything so much easier for them. You're not having to hold up in five-step drops yeah. except for maybe one or two shot plays a half. Right. You're You're not having... To, to hold up in pass protection, and if you do, and you, you're not able to hold up in pass protection, he's going to make you look a lot better at the end of that play because he's probably going to shake off the first guy and at least get rid of the ball. It's been so fascinating to watch, too, given all their adjustments, because nobody's been really able to get pressure on Clifton McDowell. But some of the times where he's actually looked the most confused with the ball in his hands is when teams don't bring any pressure at all. I was shocked that Sac State went away from that. On long yardage situations in the first quarter of the Sac State game, they were only rushing two. And they were dropping and maybe like two and a half. They had like a spy, spy. yeah, And then two guys rushing. And then everybody else was just dropping. McDowell was running around just clutching the ball, clutching the ball. That's like really the only times he's been effectively sacked. I was surprised Sac State went away from it. I'm surprised no one else has replicated that in recent weeks. Well, we saw the flip side of that right in the first half of the Idaho game when they were getting some pressure with Keyshawn James Newby and a couple other guys. He looked really good extending plays, uh, breaking tackles, getting outside of the pocket, making something happen. Well, it's out, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Got a little teaser for you. Every Thursday, we drop our Big Sky Breakdown analysis style at skyonsportsmt.com. Myself, Andrew Houghton, Ty Gregorak, and Brooks Nuanez all chime in with our in-depth analysis about all things Big Sky Conference. This week, of course, it's going to be rivalry game heavy. I record, though, every more every Tuesday with Ty Gregorak, who coached in 15 rivalry games. Here's an excerpt of that conversation, but you're going to have to wait till Thursday to hear the rest of it. Big Sky Breakdown here on Nuanez Now. 
Well, let's talk about the the coaches in this because they this game. I think one thing that's I think you saw both coaches were and Bobby Houck didn't say shit if he had a mouthful yesterday. That's not that surprising. Coach Vegan was very confident and, and talked eloquently for forty plus minutes uh, in his press conference. But I do think that one part about this matchup that I enjoy. This is what's great about them both being in the top five, both already being in the playoffs, both already having likely playoff buys secured is that nobody's coaching for their job. Win, lose, or draw, both these guys are uh, they are secure in where they're at. Sometimes that's such a huge factor because for better or worse, I would say worse, a lot of times this game plays so much into job security. Neither one of these guys is coaching for their jobs. But let's talk about Brett Vegan's side of this thing first. I think when they lost in Missoula, a lot of people were freaking out. Hey, Okay, this guy can win, but he doesn't know how to win against the Grizz. We missed Choate. Well, then he righted that last year by whipping the Grizz as bad as they ever got whipped. But this is a, an ultimate one because I think people still have lingering memories of, like you said, the, the egg they laid in uh, Missoula last time they were here. So uh, what do you think of just what this means for Coach Vegan? Well, you're you're right on, and, and you got to understand. I mean, you know, Je- Jeff Choate went off to you know bigger and better, greener pastures, slash five hundred thousand dollars to coach inside linebackers, but the guy never lost to the Grizz, right? That's right. I mean, I, I, you know, I got I, you know the the, the tr- trader trader act, whatever they want to call me. You know, I never lost to the Grizz either. I got to win three, three in a row, and two of them were in Missoula. One of them, but they had to make a dang documentary about, you know. So. Uh, I, I think you're right on, though, man. That's a, that's great perspective. I mean, you know, he's one for one, laid, laid an egg, if you want to call it that, in his first year. And, you know, then, then, you start, then you start questioning, you know, does he really understand the rivalry? Does he really know? Hey, the guy played at North Dakota State. He understands rivalries, man. Uh, but, but I do think, you know, this is year three. They've got a very good team. They've been good. Um, but one, 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 can, one can ask, you know, and just from talking about these coaches, you know, which team, which team is getting better every week and which team is, you know, kind of staying the same or, you, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it, it's tough to tell with some of these games. Like, like Montana State needed to co- go out and just dominate Eastern last week, which they did. I mean, that was a dominant win. I know they had some, you know, a, a score late and what, whatever, but I, they dominated Eastern. And, and uh, so I, I think it's an excellent point by you. And, and this, this is a big game for Coach Vegan and staff because, they have a good team. They've, they've proven to have a good team. They, they've had nothing but success as, as, as the head coach and staff here. Now, now it's, you know, kind of go prove it, so to speak. Well, then on the other side, Bobby Houck went 5-2 and two against the Cats his first time around as the head coach of Montana, including winning four straight 2006 through 2009. And that was when, uh, you know, Montana State had made a little bit of uh, inroad in the rivalry w- with Travis Lule and Mike Kramer, but then Bobby Houck really took it to Rob Ash uh, in 07, 08, and 09 and, and took a four-game winning streak on his personal resume when he went down to UNLV. But now since he's been back, they lost in 2018, lost in 2019, won in 2021, and lost in 2022. So he's just won in three since returning, and uh, that makes him 6-5 and five overall. So... This one is to stay above 500. Crazy that you would say that about Bobby Houck because his reputation as a cat killer his first time around was was so entrenched. But I think even though Coach Houck has such an unbelievable resume, I mean, 124 wins and counting, and you know, almost 100 games above 500, pretty pretty darn impressive in terms of the winning percentage. He still, I think, he needs this one big time to solidify that the Grizz are on pace and keeping pace with Montana State. If they don't. 
even if it's been a, even though it's been a great year with nine wins already, I think there's a lot of scuttle going around about how Montana State continues to lap the field and the Grizz within the scope of the rivalry. I, you're you're on your game this week, man. It, it must it must be cat grizz grizz cat. Loved your perspective yesterday. Like let's just call it the rivalry or a, a game I for mean, sure. <laughs> the, brawl of, the brawl of the wild. I live in a city for God's sake, not 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 the jungle. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, but another good point by you, man. Like I mean, God, you, you now you're getting me fired up. You're right. I, I mean, where, where I think it's a, a, as big of a game as it is for Coach Vegan and crew. This might be a bigger game for Bobby Houck. You're right. I mean, so you're saying with a loss, he'd be one and four since his return. That that's right, game? and he'd be even six nice. and six in twelve matchups. Wow. Yeah, man. That's uh, that is. Uh, I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah. I mean, it, you're right. I mean, mostly because too, like things were things were things were not great a little over a month ago, and you know, people are like. You know, have we had enough of this guy? And then, and then he just starts coaching his tail off, and his staff's coaching his tail off, and the kids are playing their tails off, and now they're winning games, and they're a top five team in the country, and it, it's kind of sadly all for naught if if they don't win this game. I mean, this is this is the game. I mean, John Cooper recruited me at Ohio State, you know, and the guy the guy had like a. 750 percent win percentage, and they fired him. You know why, Coulter? Because he couldn't Michigan. beat Michigan, right? You know, so. You got to win these games, and and yeah, man. I mean, they're not going to whack Coach Hauk. I mean, but um, <laughs> yeah, go, going back to what you you were saying earlier too, isn't it funny how you know this time of year coaches are getting hired and fired, and 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 people are already talking about these two guys moving on, and yet they've still got a, a league con- a conference championship to play for, postseason to play for, and now the Boise State's open and San Diego State, and you know all these rumblings. It's just so stupid. But anyway. Yeah, excellent point, dude. Bobby, Coach Houck's got this is a big game for Coach Houck as well for a lot of reasons. Uh, a ton of reasons. And I think that's the what's so fascinating about this game in general is how much the memories and the momentum from this game carry over into the remaining month of the season and also into the following season as well. I, I mean, I can't help but think that the way it went down in Bozeman last year with the Cats just running roughshod over the Grizz, and the Grizz looking all out of sorts and then looking completely dysfunctional and then straight quitting, I can't help but think that then colored people's opinions of what happened down at Northern Arizona because you saw similar dysfunction and similar sort of, uh, you know, not being able to rise to the occasion and guys just kind of tapping out. I think those things went hand in hand. But that's where I think that this program for Montana has turned the corner because Bobby Houck said, no, 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 no. Those are not connected. We're not going to go down that road. This was an anomaly. We're going to get back on track. But it's just amazing, Ty, how much this game and what happens in this game colors people's opinions about players, coaches, and just narratives uh, even into the the following season. You're right. I mean, and, and last year was ugly. And you know what? I mean, people people forget about it with all the good things going on. But they kind of they, – I mean, they, they played – poor enough to, to lose that first round. I mean, they, they, they were kind of lucky enough to get in. And then, uh, uh, God, remind was it Southeast Missouri or... Um, oh, I can't, yeah, SEMO, Southeast Missouri, yep. SEMO, yeah. But, I mean, like, SEMO was kind of taking it to them a little bit at home, you know? And, yeah, I mean, the NAU game, I mean, I'm sitting there watching it in Ogden before the, the, the Bobcat game going, oh, my God, that that's just bad-looking ball. Bad. This is a bad ball. Um, so... 
but but listen, they they a win for either side. A win, you, you you forget a lot of those things, man. You just do. You forget you forget how poor they played in 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 Flagstaff. Your perspective yesterday, because a lot of this week, it, 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 the fans make it about themselves. All right, and, and frankly, it, it can become flat ugly and, and uncalled for, and just a lot of stupid nonsense being spewed back and forth. Because ultimately, the coaches and players that actually coach and play in the game, there's a mutual respect for one another. Do, do, do you hate each other for 60 minutes last three and a half hours on Saturday? You bet. But there's still a mutual respect. And... You know, people just don't understand that, and so all, all I was all I was saying was, you know, some of the hard feelings throughout the season, uh, you know, from both sides, can can easily be, be forgotten with a, a victory in this game, man. I mean, it's just it's that type of game, and you know, if you're a fan on either side, the expectation is to win it, and if you don't, then they're going to start talk, talking negatively about you and all the things you're doing wrong. And both teams have had great seasons. Ty Gregorak, Big Sky Breakdown excerpt here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. That full conversation, about 35 minutes with Coach Ty earlier this morning, that'll be part of our Big Sky Breakdown analysis style, which will be uh, up on Skyline Sports on Thursday afternoon. So SkylineSportsMT.com. Go check it out. We'll be back with more Rivalry Talk. Dylan McFarlane, former NFL draft pick and an All-American at the University of Montana, joins us in studio to talk about some Bobcat Grizz memories. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for tuning in on this state championship week. State championships going down all the way across the football world here in Montana, including a state championship that's also the Big Sky Conference Championship game on Saturday here in Missoula. Number four, Montana State at number three, Montana for all the marbles. First time they've both been ranked in the top five. First time it's for the outright Big Sky Conference Championship. The winner gets the trophy. The loser's still going to make the playoffs, but it'll be pretty cool to have an outright Big Sky Champion from Montana no matter who comes out on the top end. We'll have special guests 
all week long from both sides of the rivalry. We are here from Denarius McGee, former Bobcat quarterback earlier today. Now we're joined in studio, Dylan McFarland, former All-American offensive lineman, Cal Spell product, uh, who then played a couple years in the NFL, now living back here in Missoula. Haven't seen you in a while, buddy. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Just chasing kids around, and things are good. Well, thanks for being here, man. You bet. Uh, first of all, Glacier in the state championship game. You're a flathead guy. There was no such thing as Glacier when you were in high school. So what do you think of this like rise of this other program in Kalispell? It's definitely a new thing. It's for definitely sure. a new definitely thing. Definitely a new thing, and they are really good this year. Oh, man. I mean, since the preseason, uh, Dane Oliver, a good friend of mine, is. I mean, they, they've been out front of everyone. They have a bunch of D1 studs on their team, and, and they look the part, so they're doing great. They they absolutely looked apart. They were going to be really good this year, no matter what, until they got, and then they got this quarterback. Jackson Presley is only a sophomore. This guy comes in with offers from like Oregon and Florida State. I mean, this kid has crazy credentials, and he just happens to move to Kalispell, and here he is. And they already had a whole bunch of D1 skill guys, so yeah. they look like a team on the mission for, <laughs> for sure. sure. Rich get richer sometimes. And so. For sure. Well, um, let's start at the beginning here. You're living in Missoula, and uh, you're still going to the Grizz games. I know you follow along here on the show as yep. well. So, what do you think of this Grizz team? I mean, this team is among the most fascinating I've ever covered because the first month of the year, you're like, well, team's kind of clunky. And then at NAU, you're like, well, this team just isn't good. And then it comes back around, you're like, oh, wait, they are pretty good. And then you're like, well, they're getting really good. And now they're really, really good. And they've been rolling for the last seven weeks. Yeah, I think, you know, you've talked about a lot over your, uh, over the program here. But, you know, the beginning of the year, I don't think they really had an identity. It's one of those things where, and, and Coach Morning would tell you this anytime, when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. Um, right. Unless you're Montana State, they got two studs. Um, <laughs> for sure. But for the most part, if you have two, you don't have any. And uh, we didn't really have an identity and didn't know what we were doing. Uh, looked a little bit disjointed out there. Um, struggled a little bit, for sure, putting points on the board. And defense wasn't quite sure what they were. But clearly in the last few weeks, they figured it out. And uh, since that Idaho game, those guys are rolling. Defense is flying around. They're having different looks. And it's it's exciting to watch, even as an offensive guy, to see the defense. And just, like I said, uh, you know, on the back end, it's tough to see what coverages they're running. Front end, they're getting after people, uh, stopping the run. And then offensively, they know what they are. They're a run team, and they pound the ball. But they also know how to get the ball to the guys who can make it happen. So The defensive comments are so interesting, too, because for – the first five years under this coaching staff with them running this three three five stack, all I would watch was the front because I was so fascinated with what they were doing with the front. Because on the back end, they were doing nothing. They were just running man, corners, of corners, right? Yep. I mean, they were saying, Justin Ford guard that guy, Corbin Walker guard that guy. One of the safeties is going to be in the middle. Robbie Houck's running the alley, and that's it. And so it is fascinating because I have a hard time figuring out what coverages they're running a lot of times on the back end because they switch them up so much. Yeah, they do a great job. And they, they have so much talent in the back end. I mean, I'll tell you what, those they guys do, tackle sure. and they can cover. Uh, they make plays. But, you know, you watch the Sac State game. They got five guys, you know, it's third and 15. They have five guys 14 yards deep just straight across the line. You don't know who's dropping, who's coming, and, and it's, it's a problem for offenses. It certainly is. On the other side, I think the two – there's been a lot of factors that have got into their improvements on that side of the ball. But I think – you can point to play calling, making a decision on the quarterback, but also they changed some stuff on the offensive line as well. I mean, you're a former offensive lineman. They looked like they had no chance to block anybody against Northern Arizona, but they changed some stuff. What have you seen from that unit? You know, again, I think it's just getting yourself dedicated to one one way of playing football. Sure. Uh, getting comfortable with each other and then just going with it. They've done a great job. They're physical up front. You could see the the tone change just in their attitude, and I don't know what what the switch was there. I know you know playing for Chad Germer, he 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 pushes physicality all the time. Um, those guys 
are physical and they're big and they they move people around, which we haven't seen in a while, which is fantastic. And those guys are they're getting after people. Maybe you can explain this part to me too. They you could see early on that the unit, the offensive line unit, was certainly one that's made to run block. They have a huge size. I mean, they, they're they're massive. Chris Walker's your size. You know, I mean, he's six seven. The, they they got big size all the way across the board. Their guards are enormous, and they were good run blocking right out the gate. They were really struggled with pass pro, and that was accentuated so much with the NAU loss. They've widened their splits so much, though. What can that do to help an offensive line unit? You know that is something that's, that's interesting to see. And it the, is the first right? time I saw it really was Sac State, and they're four or five feet apart, which is a they lot. did it against Idaho too. Yeah, and they get so far apart, it's, it's a little bit awkward as an offensive lineman from where I'm from. For sure, growing up where you can you know touch your buddy. <laughs> that's <laughs> what you did. You touch yep. your buddies. Yeah, yep. easy. Um, for them, you know, what one thing it does, it defines where defensive guys are going. Yeah. Like, they have to have their lanes. It makes it a little bit more difficult to pick up twists. So when you have tackle and twists, things like that, you get a little more space in between there. But the running lanes are so defined that you mm-hmm. know where you're at. And, and a lot of times, especially defensive tackles, their job is to keep those big guys off of linebackers. And when you get spread out that hard, it's tough. And so you got to give up something. Either you're you're staying with your guy and giving up a lane, or you're, you're shooting the gap and hoping you make that tackle, and if you don't, then now you have big guys on linebackers, which is a problem as well. Dylan McFarlane in studio with us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. All right, take me back then to your days as a player. You played here for the Grizz, what, 1999 through 2003, is that right? Yep, Uh, That was in the heyday, I mean, but then also within the scope of the rivalry, that's also when the streak ended too, so that's sort of like a pivotal moment in the history of the rivalry now. This last 20 years, it's been pretty much dead, even though that's been fun to watch it go back and forth. I know former Grizz is not as fun, but for guys in my chair, it's awesome to watch it go back and forth. But either way, just take us back to just those games, those days, because the, the first couple of years you were here, it was almost just like a guarantee that the Grizz were going to beat the Cats. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, first couple of years, I mean, especially even the year before I came here, um, it was still back and forth. It, it, it was all Grizz all the time, but the the games were close. Uh, they had us down in, in Bozeman in 1997. Right. And then back here in 98, we won a close one. You know, when you're recruited, you're by the Cats and the Grizz. You're like, which way are we going? Sure, Cats right. are coming up. And all of a sudden, the Grizz win. You go, I'm going to the Grizz. Right. You know, I mean, life-altering for me because I end up being a, playing on a state championship game instead yep. of the next <laughs> or national championship. Instead yep, of, yep. You know, the flip side of that is they went 0-11. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, those years were great. The, the rivalry is great. Uh, you know guys from both sides of the team or both sides of the ball. Um, just playing high school football with them and all-star games, you know, basketball, track, whatever it is, you know who's on the other side of the ball. And so the games are they're a big deal. Uh, they're a big deal to, obviously, the fans, but the players as well. And, uh, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, this week, it still gets you excited. I still get texts from all my buddies that I played with. They're just like, all right, cat week, here we go. You yeah. Know, like, it's just a different deal and different different mindset and, and where you're at. And, and uh you just feel different about life, you know? For it's sure. It's a different deal. So I'm excited for this week, and it's a huge game. Well, it's why I've heard this from a lot of people already this week. It's hard to go to work. It's hard to do it. This is our busiest week of the year, but that's why we do it because I was – I told my fiance I'm going to actually track my hours this week. I'm already at 36 hours, and it's only Tuesday. But 
I'm not complaining at all. I'm loving it because we're trying to put out as much stuff as we possibly can because I know all you guys are sitting at your desk or sitting in your office or sitting in the garage and you're not working. You're listening and you're watching. So uh, that's why we do it. You mentioned the Montana guys in, in this game, and that's always a huge factor. There's always you know, 40, 50, 60 guys from the state of Montana on both sides. So often, too, the best Montana guys rising up in this game and playing out of their minds is what is a huge determining factor. I mean, how much do you think that can play a factor, though, is just the, the Montana flavor of it? You know, I, I'll, I'll just tell you, like, Montana guys play better in this game. They and do. Like you said, they, they always do, and, and that's where you make a name for yourself is in mm-hmm. this game, and everyone knows that, especially Montana guys. It's a little different when you're out of state, and, you're, and it's a big game. It's a rivalry game. But when it defines where you went, it defines that decision to say, I'm going here instead of here or here instead of here, Guys rise up, and so you're going to see guys on both sides of the ball make plays, and especially Montana guys. I guarantee it. There's going to be huge plays made by Montana guys on Saturday, and 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 hopefully they're wearing maroon, but sometimes they're wearing blue too. And those guys are trying just hard. Do you remember any guys from your playing days that just had the? Because sometimes sometimes guys just have like out of body experiences, like Brock Coyle and Bozeman in 2013. He's just he's out of his mind. He had like 19 tackles, for some fumbles. Colt Anderson had a giant game in the 2008 game. Josh Hill, I remember from the Bobcat side of things, another Kalispell guy. He played played crazy good 2019. Do you remember any guys from your days that just went nuts in these games? Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, it was Kane uh, Ione that went it, for uh, sure just off on us in my senior year. <laughs> uh, had a ton of tackles, big tackles too. I mean, and touchdowns. Yeah, he was so tackles. fun to watch. Great player, right? so good, and and just played played out of his mind in those games. But I'll tell you, uh, John Edwards a couple times stepped up, played huge. Um, Vince Huntsberger had a huge game. Dan Orzotti, yeah, one of those guys that just all of a sudden you you know guy who's kind of spot playing has eleven tackles, something like that. And and like I said, you, it's it's just a different deal. It's almost like you know playing at the next level when you're playing on Monday Night Football. Right, right. Everyone's watching. Yeah, everyone's like you're getting a, like as as much as you can get, hundred percent. Period. Every play, there's no no one's no one's dragging around, so it's fun watching. Well, Coach Marty always tells us that on Mondays during the Monday afternoon quarterback, we always break down just for a couple minutes the betting line of Monday Night Football, and he's always like. Man, it's Monday Night Football. Throw out the line. Whoever's the home team is going to be juiced. Like, it's going to take a huge effort to beat the home team. So, I mean, that, it's true, though, right? It's also true hey, in this rivalry. Absolutely. You know, you know, Saturday afternoon at noon, you're playing, you know, um, Cal Poly or something like that. Sure. You know, it's a different feel. It's totally. Different, like, the fans are different. Uh, you can feel it this whole week. Like, we feel it just in the communities. They yes. feel it at practice. They feel it in school. They feel it uh, from their professors. They feel it from their friends. Like, it is a big deal, and everyone's watching, and they know that everyone's watching, and and it's going to be a big deal. Dole McFarland here in studio with us, Spell Product, and a University of Montana alum, an All-American for the Grizz in the early 2000s on the 2001 National Championship team, played a couple years in the NFL, now back here uh, in Missoula. All right, well, how about this matchup then? It's funny because some of the factors in this matchup are the same as they have been, including the primary one, which is Bobcats do nothing but run, 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 run. Can the Grizz stop it? So, I mean, what do you think of that element of this uh, showdown? Yeah, and, and I think last year was a good example of how well the, the Bobcats can run the ball. Man. They, they run well outside, they run well inside. There's not really one you can take away. You yeah. know, Tommy can get outside and just go. 
Chambers is up the middle, and they have a great running back as well. And and not just one. They have many running Three, backs. Three, four. <laughs> yeah, they got guys coming. And, and I'll say the same, same thing about the Grizzlies. We have guys back there who run the ball. I mean, no, no, doubt. no doubt about it. I mean, so, yeah, Gilman's been a revelation. He's been one of the best freshmen I've ever seen at the University yeah, of Montana. No doubt about it. And there's there's two or three guys behind him. You know, Osmo can go. Um, you got Harris back there. For you sure. Just start ripping these guys off, and, and they can do it. Um, you know, it's... You got this this challenge, which is the Grizz defense, who has been stellar against the run all year long. Yep. Um, you know, can they hold up or can't they? And they're going to have they're going to have a lot of different looks for them this year. I'm excited about that. And I'll tell you, I think Timmy Hout coming back and giving no giving some different looks um, and some different ideas and some younger guys in there. Obviously, the defense coordinator and some other yep. guys are they're they're get, they're they're going to do something different. Yeah. So I, I think that's what yeah. they need to do. I mean, Ronnie Bradford has been really good as a first year defensive coordinator. Tim Hauk. As the defensive analyst, providing a whole bunch of insight and helping with the game plan, I think that's been huge as well. Uh, I've always thought, though, the Grizz are so great in run defense and just in, in, just in terms of getting after the line of scrimmage. Period. In this scheme, the Cat offense has been the worst nightmare for them, though, just because they, they can play to their over aggressiveness. What I mean, I know we're, we're not trying to give away their game plan or anything like that, but. Can you sustain with a three-man front like the Grizz player? I mean, what sort of adjustment would you make? I, I would put the two outside guys up on the line and, and play like a five-man look, even if only two guys got their hands in the ground. Yeah, you know, obviously I think the easy answer is, is bring more guys. Yeah. Uh, but you look at last week, I mean, shoot the Bobcats. They went, you look at the quarterbacks, one went four for four for 120 sure. yards, yeah. one went four for four yep. 96. Yep. Like, they can throw it. You no, know, for sure. So, no, for um, sure. You put pressure on your back end. You got to give something up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so ideally you can line up and, and, and play with them, but I don't know whether Grizz can or not. Like you said earlier, it's a it's a big challenge. It's a challenge they haven't seen yet. Uh, but they have some dudes up front, and they're playing as good as they can play. So it'll be interesting. And sometimes it's as simple as, like Coach Al said last year, he said, hey, this is nothing more than we did not get off blocks and we did not tackle. If you don't get off blocks, you don't tackle well, you're not going to win. And their defense is so schemed up towards all these guys are sacrificing, so this guy could be the free hitter. When he's the free hitter, boom, you got to get him on the ground. If you don't, I mean, off to the races, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I really think it is as simple as fundamental tackling. And seriously, you got to be second, seven, eight, nine instead of second and one, two, three. That's right. That's I, right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's the thing when you t- play against these this Montana State scheme, these this outside zone RPO is what I call it. When they're in second and three, you have no chance. Yeah, second and three is like the dream come true. Second and nine and third and seven though is absolutely a nightmare for them. So you're right; it's just about getting ahead of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you'll you'll know early on. And, and I'll tell you, like the Grizz have been a little bit slow on defense starting out. Yeah, you know, Sac State they gave up some yards and a couple points. Same with Portland State, but they get it figured out. And that defense the last three weeks have been. Lo- I mean, they're locked down. And they adjust and they make changes, and it's been it's been great. So it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those when you watch like uh, you know the best pitchers like Clayton Kershaw. If you yeah. jump on him early and get you can get runs off him. If you don't, it's over. So that's kind of where they're at with the defense. Yeah, it's interesting too. I've, I've always thought you don't want to say anybody wants to intentionally start slow, but I do think that they don't run anything for the first drive or two on purpose, and then they adjust based on what the other team is showing them, and then they just get them confused for the whole rest of the game. Sure, and you know, the offense has their first 10 plays or so scripted out, so they right. you know they, they know what their best plays are, and then once you've seen their 10 best plays, how do you adjust? Like, what do we do? And the, and the Grizz do a great job of adjusting uh, defensively, and they do a great job of tackling, period, which is what you got to do. I mean, this is 
the, Bobby Houck has had a variety of great tackling teams during his time as the head coach at Montana. This is his one of his, if not his best tackling team. I think that's their greatest strength. And I think they're playing with that strength, and I think that's going to be a huge key factor. Dylan McFarland in studio with us. Uh, anything else you think are going to be key factors in this in this matchup on Saturday? Well, definitely, you know, the offensive line for the Grizzlies. Um, they had a guy go down last week. and yep, he, Liam he, Brown, yeah. Yep, Brown's a great player, uh, big guy. Can they fill that shoe? Uh, can they can they get him up and running? And the Cats' defensive line is fantastic. They're really like, good. Like you mentioned, they got some dudes. So uh, can you protect a little bit when you have to? And then open up those lanes and really, you know, get those guys in space. And then I think on both sides, is there a big play? Yeah. Where are the big plays? Because it's a long field against both those defense when you're trying yeah. to go four, five, six yards at a time. You got, you know, if you snap one off for 50, 60, 70, that's a problem. It's going to be really, really, really fun. Can't wait. Check out skyonsportsmt.com all week long. And also tune in here on ESPN Radio. We'll have a bunch of these uh, sort of Cat Grizz memory-type interviews. Dylan McFarland, former Grizz offensive lineman, in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you, man. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. What the heck happened on Monday Night Football last night? All of a sudden, the Denver Broncos and the Buffalo Bills have the same record. How did that happen? We'll, we'll discuss next. Keep it right here at ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Come on, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Miss the thing in the show? You can always find it on the podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. I had a whole rant about the uh, Monday Night Football game last night, but we don't have time for any of that. Other than to say, right now, if you were to ask me who's the most disappointing team in the NFL. I think the answer is unquestionably the Buffalo Bills. I think they they are struggling with something that I saw as foreshadowing to their future struggles. Those have become their current struggles. When Josh Allen first emerged, his ability to run around and make plays and improvise was his greatest strength. But now he has to do it too much. They can't run the ball. And even though it's still a strength, it's also a weakness because he's erratic with the ball. They got to fix it. Until they can consistently run the football, they're never going to be anything. And that was a bad loss last night. The Denver Broncos are somehow, some way, under Sean Payton, piecing it together. That 70-point beatdown they took at the hands of the Dolphins, that's going to color the season forever. But here they are with four wins, and they are definitely not out of it. So we'll see uh, what they might become. All sorts of fun stuff coming up for you tomorrow. We're coming to you from Anaconda, one of my favorite small towns uh, in the state of Montana. We'll have all sorts of guests for you, including Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Nolan Askelson, a billing senior product. We'll also have Sammy and Kim riding live with us for the whole second half of the show. Andrew Houghton will also be with us as well. Blake Hempstead will chip in to talk some Class B football. We'll see you from Anaconda tomorrow. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. 
and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you, but when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that, but... um. You know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time.